90s basketball was a lot of fun playing against these dudes. They absolutely fought it every night. Five, four, three, two, one. Hill puts it on the floor. My name is Brian Swain, and this is the 90s Basketball Show. My guest this time out was a three-time Metro Conference Player of the Year at Southern Mississippi, who was drafted ninth overall in 1992 by the Philadelphia 76ers, and he went on to play 13 seasons in the NBA where he scored over 10,000 career points, and he ranks in the top 100 all-time for rebounds. And now he's back with his alma mater as an assistant coach. I am talking, of course, about Clarence Weatherspoon. Clarence, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing good down here in uh, Mississippi. I'm uh, on the coaching staff at University of Southern Mississippi. And uh, just trying to uh, make it through this uh, tough situation with the, uh, uh, with the COVID uh, epidemic going on now. So, but other than that, everything's been going, been going really well. Yeah, I know it's a very interesting time for people everywhere. You guys just had your first games. Uh, what have maybe been the biggest challenges that this team has faced in dealing with the pandemic situation as opposed to how it might have been in previous years? Well, one of the things is trying to just keep everyone, uh, you know, as safe and healthy and the, uh, and the constant possibilities of games being canceled or rescheduled. That's one of the toughest things, you know, you have to deal with. But, uh, you know, we're trying to just stay positive, uh, you know, coach the guys up and, 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 and keep them excited about the season. Well, we'll talk a little bit about your current team later, but, of course, i got to go back and talk about some of your memories. And I, I wanted to start off with your time at Southern Mississippi, You're the highest draft pick ever to come out of there. You played there from 1988 to 1992, and as I was looking back, I discovered you had a big feature written on you in Sports Illustrated in 1991, and before the internet era, if you made it in Sports Illustrated, that was pretty much it. That was the biggest thing it could be. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what that was like, especially the school in Southern Mississippi. That was a big deal to get that kind of publicity. Yeah, definitely. You know, it it brought a lot of uh, attention to the basketball program. But, uh, you know, we had put together a really good, uh, uh, team and, and, uh, we was, we was building and towards the NCAA tournament. So there was a lot, that was a fun time. You know, like I say, we were able to, uh, plan in, in the old Metro Conference, which was a great basketball conference, conference at the time. And we was competing, uh, you know, on the same level with Louisville, Memphis State, the Florida State, and all those guys in Cincinnati. So, you know, uh, you know, like I said, we had a, momentum going and we were able to go on and make the NCAA tournament uh, back years. so that, that was a great time for us. 
What was it like for yourself personally to get that kind of national attention, really international attention? Well, you know, I, you know, I wasn't looking at it like that. I was looking at it in terms of team success because, like I say, it brought a lot of attention to our basketball program because a couple of years uh, prior to that, the basketball uh, team had won the NIT tournament, being a, a really good LaSalle team in New York. So it was just that momentum that was continually building uh, around the program. You know, Coach Turk had put in so many years at building the program here at Southern Miss. So, you know, that was just a continuation of it. So, like I say, it, it was it was a great time. It was fun times. And uh, and we was able to, uh, like I say, go uh, take uh, basketball to a new level. We've just had a very unique NBA draft a couple weeks ago. You were a lottery pick. Did you know that Philadelphia was a team you were interested in? Did you have a lot of teams saying they'd be looking at you? What were your feelings and your perspective going into draft day? Well, going into draft day, you know, you have to go through the process. I had interviewed and worked out with a lot of teams that was in the uh, draft lottery uh, area. So, you know, you never know where you're going to get picked or who's going to pick you or whatever. But, uh, you know, I had worked out for several teams that was in the draft lottery. So, you know, like I say, I was just, I was just glad to be a part of uh, part of the draft uh, uh, green room and, and, sitting, and seeing all the guys that, you know, had came up with and uh, played against uh, during my four years in college. So it was a great experience. You had a really good rookie season in Philadelphia. You were second-team all-rookie. The, the first time I saw you, and this is when I became a fan, was the dunk contest. An All-Star Weekend 1993 in Salt Lake City. You made the finals. Talk to me a little bit about that experience. I'm always curious, when you go into something like that, did you have dunks in mind? Did you spend a lot of time practicing? No, not really. You know, I, I, I was so excited to be there because I think that was the uh, 50th anniversary team uh, with all the greats that was there in Salt Lake City. So you get a chance. I got a chance, you know, uh, to see all my childhood heroes, uh, you know, uh, there that weekend. So, you know, it was it was a great, uh, great event. And, uh, you know, like I say, anytime you go to All-Star Weekend and, and participate in the event, so, you know, and especially as a rookie, you know, that was, that was a big deal. And still is a big deal to go uh, go and be a part of All Star NBA All Star Weekend. So you know I had a lot of fun. Like I said, I got a chance to see see all the guys who uh, grew up watching uh, on TV. So you know that that was that was a really great experience for me. For me. Who were some of the guys you did look up to that you got a chance to meet? Well, you know, like I said, growing up, you know, I was a basketball fan. You know, I was actually I was a Philadelphia 76 fan growing up. Uh, you know. So, you know, they gave me a chance, you know, from watching those games with, uh, you know, of course, with the great teams the Sixers had with Doc, uh, Big Mo, Andrew Tony, Mo Chief, Bob Jones, those guys, you know, and then the rivalry with the Celtics that I always went to a seven game and stuff that, that Lakers, uh, was, was, was one of the teams that was always in the finals in the West. So, you know, it, it was, it was a great experience and, uh, you know, by the time we got drafted and stuff, the power shifted has shifted from Detroit over to the Bulls. So you get a chance to play against the Detroit Bad Boys, then go on and compete against the Bulls and, and, and the run they had. So it was a lot. It was a lot of uh, you know excitement of getting a chance to see those guys for the first time. I didn't realize you were a Sixers fan growing up. That must have been really something then to get drafted by them. Well, like I say, it was, like I say, it was, uh, you know, 
it was one of those situations you don't know who or where you're going to get drafted by uh, two, but getting a chance to be drafted by uh, by the 76ers was, you know, uh, was really uh, exciting for me. And you get a chance to, like I say, live out a childhood dream of just about playing in the NBA. You know, getting drafted anywhere would, would, would be a blessing, but getting a chance to, to go to Philly and put on that 76ers uniform was very special for me. In your second season there in Philly, you had a triple-double, and this was in a day when the triple-doubles were a, it was a lot less common to get a triple-double than it is today. I mean, it's still a big deal, but back then it was huge. I was looking at your stat line for this game. You had 13 assists and one turnover, and you never had more than, I think, eight assists in any other game in your career. What was going on that night? Were you running points? No, you know, I think that was against Charlotte. and You know, it's just one of those situations. If you play enough games going, I'll tell the guys anything's going to happen, you know, anything possible. So, you know, like I said, we we played, uh, I think it was Charlotte, and uh, it was a great game, and, uh, you know, it was just one of those situations that happened. So, you know, I wasn't a guy that worried about stats and stuff. I just went out and tried to play, be solid, and contribute to my team. Was it a special accomplishment to you at a time, or was it just, a, you know, a, a win against Charlotte and on to the next game? Well, that, that's how I looked at it. You know, I just, like I said, I went out and, and tried to do the things that that could help the team win. You know, we were struggling to get uh, wins back then with the Sixers and going through some tough times. I just went out and competed. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm not one of those type of guys who, who looked at stats to, to, to for gratification. I just wanted to be successful. You went on in your career, you played in Golden State, you played in Miami, uh, Cleveland, New York, and Houston. Where did you enjoy playing the most? Well, like I say, I got a chance to, uh, when going to uh, Miami the first time and getting a chance to play in the playoffs, you know, after you become a veteran, all the, everything else wears off, so you want to have be successful and get a chance to experience the, uh, the playoffs, but all the cities was, was great cities, and all the teams, you know, uh, it was a blessing to, to play, and all the cities was, was great, and, uh, and ownership and management was great to me as far as a player, but uh, getting a chance to play in the playoffs for the first time in Miami, that, that was definitely one of those experiences, and I got a chance to do it again with the Houston Rockets, so being able to play in the playoffs as a player, you know, that that's that's what you want to uh, try to accomplish along with trying to win uh, a championship. You played with a lot of very good teammates, too. Who are some of your favorite guys to play with over the years? Well, you know, like I said, I, it, it wasn't about uh, having favorites. Like I said, I just tried to be, uh, the, uh, you know, a great teammate. You know, uh, coming in as a rookie, uh, I think, you know, he's having a chance to be around Hershey Hawkins, Johnny Dawkins. Jeff Hornacek and those type guys, guys who was veterans and have been through, have been through the uh, process, getting a chance to be mentored by uh, Big Mo. You know that that was really exciting. So I can say I think for my rookie year, uh, you know, having a chance to be around those guys and, and then as the as time went on, getting a chance to just be around and play with so many different guys to learn to learn the game of basketball from. Uh, from different perspectives from playing with different guys. You know, when you went to Philly, it was, of course, the year that, uh, or the offseason that Charles Barkley was traded to Phoenix, and as you mentioned, the, the team was embarking on a rebuild. 
you got the nickname Baby Barkley. Uh, how did you take to that? Well, I, I didn't never. I don't think I, it, it was never a nickname, Baby Barkley. That's, that's, I, I've never heard uh, where that came from or anything. I, like I say, I came in and just tried to to be my own player. You know, uh, trying to trying to follow in some uh, a legend's footsteps. It, uh, it, it never works. You got to go out and try to be your own player and establish your own career, and uh, and that's what I did. And I was blessed to do that for 13 years to have a chance to play in the NBA. You know, uh, you know, you heard everybody saying they're gonna be the next Mike or the next Larry Bird or next Charles Barkley, next, next, next. Is only is no next. <laughs> you know, it's always the original and everything else. You better try to develop your own game and become your own uh, player. I guess one of the comparisons, though, that definitely was accurate with yourself and Sir Charles would be you guys were both undersized playing. Uh, you know, you played the three, the four. Your height was listed at 6'6". Six, six. How, how did you approach the game to maybe play bigger than you were, especially at that point in time? Today in basketball, you see more versatility where guys of different sizes play different positions. Back then, you were much more pigeonholed. You know, if you were 6'5 and under, you were you were likely playing in the backcourt. And, you know, if you were going to play in the post, you should be 6'9, 6'10 and up. You kind of defied those rules. How did you take your style of play? Well, like I say, I just played the game. Uh, you know, I, I tried to learn, and uh, and you learn from watching, you learn from studying, and you learn from uh, emulating, and, uh, you know, uh, that, that's what I did. You know, you look at all the players who who played uh, my position or played uh, so-called, uh, they used to call them tweeners back then, in-between sizes. But, you know, uh, when you look through the history of the game, a lot of great players have been that same 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", size. So, you know, it's just uh, people make positions, make up positions to give the guys you're talking about. You go from a tweener to a stretch four to – uh, whatever you want to call the, the, the players, you know, is just play the game and just try to do your best, and that's how I looked at it. I, I didn't give a, I didn't, I didn't give a care about a label. I just played. What were some of the things you did that, at your size, allowed you to to go up and and not only you know play against, but you know have great success playing against guys that you might have been given up three, four, even five inches to. Well, like I said, I had great, uh, you know, uh, great timing, uh, good leaping ability, good quickness off the floor. And like I say, just having the ability to compete, you know, uh, I, like I say, I just played. I didn't work. You don't worry about, uh, you don't worry about all the other stuff to just play. And if you go around and ask all the great guys, you know, if you go ask Charles Barkley, you're going to say, he just went out there and played and competed and got after people. You go ask Adrian Dantley, they're going to say the same thing. You go ask Mark McGuire, they're going to say the same thing. You know, those guys didn't worry about size. They just went out there and played. How do you think you fit into today's game? Well, the, to, today's game is, is, is uh, it's just, like I said, the game that evolved to three-point shooting and stuff. Uh, you know, it's just different games. The rules are changing. Done changed. Uh game is not as physical, so... Uh, there's a lot more free runs to the basket. Not a lot of contested at the rim uh, because of you know people the flagrant foul issue and all of that. So it's it's just like I say it's a different game, but you know that's part of the uh, evolution of, of of the game and part of the evolution of basketball. So you just 
you evolve with it and go out and play. You know, guys uh, take a lot more shots now. Guys take a lot more three pointers now than back in our in you know in our in our game. But it's still the game of basketball. You evolve with it and you go out and play. Over the course of your career, even with the, the different teams you played for, you only wore two different numbers, 30 and 35. Wh- which one was your favorite, and what was your reason behind wearing those numbers? Well, um, I got 30 because the number I had in college, 35, was already taken. And when uh, when, when Armin Gillum moved on away from the Sixers, I just went back and got the number I played in college with. So that's just, oh, that, that, that's just how I fell. So, you know, you just start to stick with the numbers, you know. You don't go out and try to change up every team you go to. If the number is available, you ask for it. If not, you just choose another one and go forward. Okay. What was the, the reason you wore 35 in college? And I was wondering if there was, like, a player that you admired when you were growing up and you took the number in honor of that player. Now, uh, in high school, I had 33, and, and, and when I got to uh, – College, like I say, 33 was taken, 34 was taken. The next number is 35. <laughs> I just that's the number I took, and that's and I just played. I, you know, I'm not like I say, I'm not big into all the the rituals and, and superstitions of, of of numbers, shoes, clothing. You know, you just go. I just, I'm one of those guys who go out and, and try try to get it done and do your best. So if 35 was taken, you would have been 36. Well, if, if they would allow. Probably if 35 wasn't available, you go one lower than 33, go to 32. There you and go. And so those were taken, and the next number was 30, so that's what I took. <laughs> so that's how, that's how I rolled. I got it. Um, so looking back on your, your playing career, you touched on some of your, you know, what it was a great experience for you to get to the NBA playoffs, both in Miami and Houston. You got to be part of All-Star Weekend. We talked about the triple-double, of course. Did you have a favorite memory or favorite memories from your time in basketball or maybe an accomplishment that you are most particularly proud of? Well, like I say, I'm just uh, proud of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, like I say, having the opportunity to to play in college and play and play at a high level in college getting a chance to be drafted. Like I said, draft night was special because, you know, that, that was a uh, accumulation of, 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 of hard work and determination to, to make it to that level. And once you get there, you know, like I say, you go out and try to establish yourself as a player to try to have longevity in the league. So I think, uh, you know, draft being drafted uh, and going through that process because, like I say, those were the things that you saw, you know, and, and stuff on TV and stuff, and you wanted to be a be a part of sitting in the green room, and you know when once once I accomplished that, you know everything else fell back into place. And now get out and start working on being the best basketball player you can be. And now, as we started off, it's come full circle. You're back at Southern Mississippi. You know you've been there since 2016. What was it that made you decide you wanted to go back there and be part of the coaching staff? Well, I already was part of the uh, uh, athletic uh, board uh, at the university, and so when uh, Coach Sadler, uh, Doc Sadler, reached out to me uh, after he had taken over uh, the head coaching position and wanted me to come down and interview, you know, it, I, you know, like I said, I already was part of the uh, of, of being around 
the athletic uh, part of, 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 of basketball and, and athletics at, at, at USM. So going back, it just felt comfortable. And, you know, it gave me a chance to give back and get back into basketball, you know, a sport that had did so much for me that gave me a chance that uh, great education and, and lifestyle beyond my dreams. So, you know, uh, getting a chance to coach and, and give back and, and give that knowledge back to younger guys and younger athletes, you know, uh, you know, it opened my eyes up into coaching, gives you that opportunity to give back in those ways. And you got a chance to coach your son too. Yeah, you know, he, uh, he came on the team as a walk-on and, uh, you know, like I say, you know, worked hard to, to stay and become part of the, of the team. And, uh, you know, like I say, I'm proud of him for, you know, sticking it out and, and working hard, not playing much, but coming out and giving up and giving a great effort uh, every day. And, and uh, like I say, uh, not only being rewarded for being a member of the basketball team, but going on to graduate now in graduate school and still having uh, eligibility to play. So, you know, that, that's, that's, that's part of it. You know, you get the whole experience get their college education out of it and the uh, joy of, of getting out there and compete and uh, playing the game of basketball. And, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. He's in the graduate school now. Uh, yes. That's great. I mean, and you talked about it too, about the opportunity to get the education that was obviously something that's really important for you. So that's great to hear that that's something that he's obviously taking full advantage of. Uh, yeah, like I say, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, to give back and, and then have your own uh, child get a chance to experience that. But like I say, education is going to open up doors, uh, so many more opportunities. So like I say, getting a full experience, college experience, because one day the ball will stop bouncing. So you're going to have to be prepared and real balanced. Cause, you know, because you got a long life to live. If you're blessed by the good Lord to live a long life. And the last one, Clarence, what's the the outlook for the team this season? Obviously, it's so unpredictable, but what are your expectations, and how far do you think you can go this year? Well, uh, it's, it's a new team. Uh, you know, we got nine new faces, so it's a rebuild process. Uh, uh, in the second year of uh, head coach Jay Ladner uh, uh, coaching uh, here at the university, so uh, we're in the process of rebuilding. So you want to grow as a team and, and, and uh, like I say, stay healthy and uh, grow and get better. So hopefully uh, in the near near future, uh, this set of guys could be in Sports Illustrated. There you go. That would be awesome. And, well, Clarence, this has been a real pleasure talking to you. You're somebody that I uh, always enjoyed watching growing up, so it's cool to get some of your memories here. i got to wish you a belated happy birthday, too. You had a big birthday recently, the Big Five O. So happy birthday. All right, thank you. You know, that was in September, so, you know, the celebration part is over. Now you now start counting backwards. So, uh, you know, next year I go back to 49. There you go. Hey, they tell me 50 is the new 40s. There you go. All right, thank you. <laughs> well, Cliff, good luck with everything. I appreciate it, and take care. Thank you for being on the show. All right, thanks for having me. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our show archive at 90sbasketball.anchor.fm. And remember, you can catch the basketball show every Saturday on TSN 1260 Radio Edmonton from 11 to noon Mountain Time. And with that, I'm out. My name is Brian Swain, and this has been the 90s Basketball Show.